And a happy Monday morning to you, Charm City. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. And for the final week, we come to you from the Press Box Studios here in what I used to like to call Robert Medford, Maryland. Is um, I'm going to start the day by, by pulling the curtain back, and I've been warning you guys there's going to be stuff going on, and now we're kind of on the cusp of it. So, uh, oh, yeah, that's, my, that's me coming right back to me. I don't need that much me. We don't need any me, really, frankly, but uh, I guess they require it because my name is on the uh, title of the program. Uh, coming up in a few minutes, I- I've been wanting to get this guy on, one of my favorite people, David Hess, former Orioles pitcher. Um, you might have missed it in the last couple of weeks as uh, he made an emotional return to baseball after undergoing cancer treatment himself. He had a cancerous tumor in his chest, um, but got through treatment. Everything good, worked his way back. He's now uh, with the Rays and uh, hopefully ready to get back up to the bigs here shortly, although, you know, hopefully not ready to beat the Orioles anytime soon. Um, We'll talk to uh, David Hess here a little bit later on this morning. It's Monday, so Jeremy Kahn will check in with us, and you never know, stuffing things on a Monday edition of the program. But I want to just take a couple minutes, and we're going to talk about the Orioles and winning three out of four in Chicago and the Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup. We'll get to all of those things. But right out of the chute, I want to tell you about how the next couple of weeks are going to go because we are finally sort of hitting the moment for us where we're going to be making the move. And it's it's a little heartbreaking for me, and we'll talk about it more uh, later on in the week. But uh, we are leaving the Hamden neighborhood. I need to thank everybody who came out to our – a sexy car wash event on Saturday morning. Uh, raised a lot of money, and I, I cannot thank you all enough who supported us as the boys of Hamden were out washing cars. And, yeah, I stuffed myself into a hot dog Speedo, and I, I don't know. My, my life was changed by a young lady. I'm trying to see if I can find it. There was one young lady who, like, I don't know at all, but made a comment about me, and I'm telling you, I don't even know if she's being sarcastic. I don't care. It was fulfilling. It was all I needed in order to get by in my day. Um, As uh, our friend um, Young Tang came out, and I appreciate Young stopping by, and his friend Amonrat Hedden, lovely young lady, commented, Guy with with red underwear is hot. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I need. All of the other comments, all of the other laughing emojis that I got, all I needed was you. Thank you. Bless you. May you win the lottery every day. May, may you be the next subject of Jerry and Marge go large. May you win every lottery moving forward. Bless you. Bless you for that comment. Ammon Rat Head. And there that definitely was, wasn't anybody else wearing red underwear there. Definitely not. Okay. So definitely was you. It was not. You. It was just your boy. Just your boy. Uh, but thank you all for uh, stopping by. And and I was feeling it on Saturday because we've um, – I Pressbox has been here for damn near 20 years. Um, not really. More like uh, uh, 16. I guess it's close to – I guess it is approaching 20 years. I've been here – since the radio station went under in 2014. So I've been here for eight years. And a couple of times I had to remind myself, I've been here longer than I was at the old radio station that a lot of people associated me with. This is now, in my professional life, the place that I've been at the longest, which is kind of wild for me to think about. Um, 
and I'm 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 feeling I'm feeling a little emotional. I'm feeling I I you know as I was hanging out in Hamden, I was just reflecting on how much I've truly loved this neighborhood and being in the city and and being in a a wonderful part of town and all the places that we've hung out. So I don't know. I was I was feeling a little bit of that on Saturday morning as we were over at KNS Associates. Hi, John Colson. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that, pal. John Colson wanted everybody to see. Uh, my Mrs. Clark didn't. By the way, my no picture rule that got blown up in all of about <laughs> twenty seconds. Mrs. Clark came out, took some pictures. I'm like, all right, baby. I turn around twenty minutes later, they're on Facebook. I'm like, thanks a lot. You can, John, what are you doing, being a creeper? If you want to come in, come in. Come in, come in, say say hello. John Colson, most worshipful grandmaster. I had a very hello. strict rule. I didn't want pictures because I wanted people to be at the car wash. Right. That was the idea. And if you didn't get there, your loss. Now, it wasn't only Mrs. Clark who blew it up. My radio partner, Sarita the NFL Chick Hubbard, also blew me up. And, and she also put some pictures up on Twitter. I'll live. It's not the end of the world. But I did have, I was trying to have a strict rule about um, not letting pictures get out into the universe because I want it not because I'm ashamed. What would I be ashamed of, this <laughs> sexy body? Um, no, but because I wanted people to actually be there at the car wash. And if you missed out, tough titties. Well, I didn't, you didn't publish John, anything. John Colson, thankfully. I didn't publish anything. John Colson showed up. He was there. Despite and I, my desire to. Yeah, right? John <laughs> Colson came out and supported I us. I didn't. Are you um, ready for the big move? Well, that's what I was just talking about. I am, I'm feeling a little emotional right now. I'm, I'm feeling a little. You are? Yeah, I am. I, I, I felt it on Saturday. I felt I really love being in this neighborhood. I oh, yeah, really I genuinely have loved being in this neighborhood. You know how frequently I was over at Blue Pit. Sure. Like I was at Blue Pit four times a week yeah. for a little while before the hours changed, unfortunately. And then, you know, my, my kids, all that sort of stuff that changed my life. I was a regular and, and still go, you know, as, as much as I can, yeah. just not as often as I was. Um, Wicked Sisters, I go up there a lot. Um, I, I, I've been poppies a bunch recently. Like, And now, sadly, we're in the world of uh, Red Robin. Oh, and, oh uh, no doubt. Uh, it is, it's TJ McCoolahan's. Oh, my God. It's the most generic American nonsense. Where I mean, look. With one I, exception. Which... Glory Days Grill. Well, we Don't do have Glory Days Grill. That's right, right yeah. there. We do have Glory Days. I'm excited about that. No, I'm I'm a little emotional about that. Like I'm I I have truly loved um, being in the neighborhood and and being able to say I, you know I know this is going to seem like a small thing when I you no, live we're in, in the city you live in the city yeah so this doesn't mean anything to you I live barely in the state any longer I barely live in Maryland I frankly it's tough for me to tell people that are not from here, it's hard for me to say I'm a Baltimorean any longer because I live so... It's one thing when I was living like in White Marsh, you know, like, yes, it's not in the city, but Jesus, it's right here, you know what I mean? Like, I can still claim it. I'm so far away. It's going to save you five bucks a day in gas. That, that five. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. More like, more like 20. <laughs> um, I have appreciated being able to still have a touch with the city and that's meant a great deal to me so yeah i'm feeling a little emotional about this and it really struck me on saturday talking to some of the other you know folks that are a part of this community and being like i'm gonna miss it here i'm I'm genuinely gonna miss it i get that uh but this is our final week this is the last week we will be here in hamden and then we are headed out to the county we legitimately will be 
right down the street from Glory Days Grill, uh, kind of the neighborhood where Calvert Hall is. Yep, right, and, be, right behind Calvert Hall. Yep, that's where we're going to be uh, in Towson moving forward. And we're excited. Look, you know, ever, I, frankly, I've never actually lived in the city. When I've lived here, I've always lived in the county. Yeah. Um, from Perry Hall to now up uh, in Moncton where I live. Uh, I've been a Baltimore County person forever, and so... Now all we have to do is get your studio packed. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. This is a really funny conversation. We have a I, bunch of professionals I, coming I, in to do that. Do, do we? No. Yeah, we have me and, <laughs> and Griffin me. and you. Glad we... I had a conversation with John a few weeks back. I'm like, uh, John, um, what's our plan for this? Because why do I have a funny feeling that that I'm going to be the one doing the studio. And he was like, well, it's we. Well, I know you're going to help. I do not. I am an engineer by trade. That's right. John's (laughs) been training to be an engineer. So here's the deal. This will be our final week of shows here at the studio. And, in fact, Thursday will be our final show here at the studio. And depending on how things are going, it might turn into Wednesday, but the plan is Thursday. Thursday. I'm, you are, after you told me we got to be out of here, we're going to be we're fine. you know pelted with paintballs we're or whatever fine. it is we're that we're going to be. I believe the landlord does um, intend to pelt us with paintballs. Well, I, you got to understand, I got or, or or glass I get, shards. I got two. I got two games Thursday afternoon at the Women's World Lacrosse uh, World Championships. Uh-huh. There is not a lot of help that I can give you on Thursday. Yeah, we'll figure it the out. The plan is our final show will be Thursday here. Then we will be off for for the next two weeks. And that's not something we've ever done before. We've never, in the history of the show, eight years, in eight years in the history of the show, we've never taken any non-holiday off, off entirely. We've always had fill-in hosts, guest hosts. I, you know what? I'm going to take that back. I think when my first kid was born, we didn't have a backup plan in place, and so we took a day off. But that was seven years ago. Um, this will be the first time we ever do something like this. Well, you and deserve the vacation. We will have time to fix up the. Well, the, the one of those weeks, yes, I will be on vacation. Yeah. This, the the next next week, we're going to be moving everything into right. the new studio. I'm also, as I've told you guys a couple times, working in the women's lacrosse world championships, so just a lot going on. And then the following week, I had planned. Uh, my 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 parents want us to go on a cruise to. The Caribbean. Because You're going on this. Quit acting it, like like no, 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 I'm they just saying, want you to there was, go, and I may not there was, be going. If there was ever a time to be cruising it's to the Caribbean, it's definitely in the middle of July. Yeah, when yeah. it's going to be six billion degrees. And outside. there's a really cool Alaska trip scheduled for January. It'll yeah, be correct. Perfect timing. Perfect timing with the cruises. Look, I it's it's my parents' thing, and they wanted to have the whole family. My Ship's air conditioned. It's all good. Yeah, we'll be fine. We'll, we'll be so, plenty fine. So, so there is one cool piece of news. A small thing, but oh. if you're being a little sentimental about yes. where we are, I've contract. You've seen how the new studio is going to be, and we're going to have kind of a bar style uh, table set up. That's more conversational. Okay. Is there going to be a bartender? Is there, there going to be a bartender? Are there going to so, so, be peanuts but, put out every but day? The table is going to be made of hardwood, taken from. Get this, taken from the squash courts at Meadow Mill oh, that's neat. that a person, and they still have the lines on them. Oh, I love that. So that's what the table will that. be that's in cool. the middle. That's and it cool. turns out the person who's making for making this for us randomly had this wood from Meadow Mill. That's really neat. And said, what would you think if, if we, that's instead of really just regular wood, so made I'll, it out I'll of this? Feel, as you know, Meadow Mill was a big yeah. part of my life for yeah. years. So, so you're a, going to have Meadow Mill I'll have a little piece court, of Meadow Mill uh, with us in the new as, studio. As that's, the table. That's cool. Which I that's think really is cool. cool. I got to run because I'm actually 
taking stuff out to the new All office. All right. Meeting with our good friends at Glory Days Grill. I love so. them. Tell yeah. them. Tell them. I love them. Tell them I'll never stop loving them, and I can't wait to spend literally every day with them moving <laughs> forward. <laughs> They're going to be bringing food on a regular basis oh, to the that studio, is, too. That's that is, that com- is good uh, news. That's another little that commitment thing. That is good made, news. So. I like that. I like okay, that. All right. Guys, thank you, John. Have a good show. So, yeah, that's the deal. Um, uh, four more days here. Then this Friday, next week, and we would have been off on Monday anyway for the holiday, but next week we will be off, and then the following week we will also be off. So please, Lamar Jackson, don't sign your contract in the next two weeks. Please. As a guy who's had to do a lot of just trudging along over the years when we get to the summer, I, I ask just one thing. Don't get the deal done during those two weeks. I want you to get the deal done. I want something to happen, just not during this particular time frame. Now, that being said, next week, uh, while we're in the process of moving, I will likely be hopping on and doing some um, uh, just one-off videos, maybe some uh, interview pieces, things along those lines on uh, PressBox's Facebook page and YouTube page. And, um, and then the week after that, I will be not only gone, but completely unavailable. I will be... Part of the reason why we're not going to do a fill-in, because we actually think the studio will be ready by that week, we're not going to do fill-in hosts, is because, truthfully, a lot of times when I go away, I still have to do a lot of the work and put out a lot of the fires, and we're going to be on a boat in the middle of the ocean. That will not be an option for us. So we've just decided that we will uh, hold off, and the following week... So I guess what is what is that date? The 18th is I that believe, the date? Yes, I believe it is the 18th. Um, so so final show here on June 30th, and then first show back and in our new studios um, in the county will be on July 18th. And you know, I I thought I had timed it out right that I would be gone for the All Star Game. As it turns out, the All Star Game super late <laughs> this year. It's on the 19th. Um, but the good news being that means the draft is the 17th, so we will be able to react the morning after the first round of the draft and, and whatever the Orioles do. So um, that's the deal. This week, two weeks off, including this Friday. So this Friday and then the next two weeks off. So uh, ten shows that we would have done because, again, we would not have done a show on Monday. Ten shows that we would have done, we will just be missing. And I apologize. It's not the way that we want to do things necessarily, but for a bunch of different reasons, it's kind of a necessary way to do things. And uh, appreciate you guys. Your your support uh, over the years has meant the world in our ability to continue doing this. And so thank you for bearing with us as we go through this move. I truly, I, I'm genuinely emotional about it. A lot of you guys have been in studio over the years for the various events that we did. We've had these hol- holiday parties. We've had, I'd like to, now in a post-COVID world, in the new studio, bring some of those things back. Do some drinking shows. You know, maybe Jeremy and I will reenact a different drunken holiday film, read an entire script. I don't know. But bring back, like when we used to have Rob Fahey come in here and play music, and we would all um, hang out and party. I like to get back to doing some of those things. Um, I always loved that community feel, and it was one of the things I thought was a little bit different about our show and the way we did things. So hopefully in the future we can return to some of those things. I'd really like to do that in the new place. And um, the other thing about the new place is there there might be some more digital content coming. Um, I, I don't want to promise anything yet, but we are one of the focuses of the new place. I, I'll, I'll tell you guys, the reality is 
the space that we had here um, in Hamden, and we shared with our, our friends at Jaymore, uh, a wonderful um, kind of Jewish-based um, publication and media company. Um, after the pandemic, unfortunately, when people just weren't coming back, we realized that you know we could make things work without everybody needing to be here. And so we didn't need dedicated desks for everyone. We could create a space where it could be a bit more communal, right? Like, hey, this could be your desk today, but somebody else's desk tomorrow. And if you're not coming in five days a week, if you're only coming in a couple days a week, then we can kind of share a smaller space. We don't need, if anybody who's been here knows, we have a really large space here. So it's going to be a smaller space over at Towson, but there might be more studio space over in Towson. And what that could lead to is perhaps some additional programming, some podcast content, things along those lines. Um, so we've got some thoughts, we've got some ideas, we've got some plans that we're working on for the new place and, and how it might be beneficial to you and providing more Baltimore sports coverage or sort of a broader scope of what we do with Pressbox on the digital side. And so we are looking forward and maybe adding, we've been talking to some various people about different things we can do to maybe upgrade the studio. I know we've had some sound issues over the years, and I apologize profusely for that, and still thank you for bearing with us. We are hoping that those things will get fixed as well moving forward. So, all right, I, I took too long in order to tell you all about that. Sorry, I didn't mean that for the fill up. I wanted to get into the Orioles. We'll save that. I promise we'll be doing some Orioles talk this morning. Um, but I wanted you guys to know ahead of time so it doesn't catch up on you. That's the deal. Shows through Thursday, as normal, two weeks off, and then on the 18th, we are up and running in the new place and ready to go as we shift towards the football season. So that's the deal, man. That's what's happening here at PressBox. Today's show brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Coming up this Saturday night, UFC 276, the place to watch the fights is in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. 61 self-service kiosks for you to be able to bet all of the fights. And there's plenty of prop bets available. There's going to be a huge crowd. Fight nights bring out massive crowds in the FanDuel Sportsbook. So if you want to be there for the fights on Saturday night to watch Israel Adesanya, you need to email events at sportssocialmd.com. That's events at sportssocialmd.com. Let them know you got a group of people. You're looking for a table for Saturday night. Maybe you're looking for a set of reclining chairs. They've got you covered. Delicious food. All sorts of uh, very cool drinks available as you hang out and try to win some money in the FanDuel Sportsbook and watch the fights for free. Also, if you're like me and what these two weeks mean to you most is it's Wimbledon time, then I encourage you to get the FanDuel Sportsbook because those 61 self-service kiosks are open 24-7. So even this morning, before the FanDuel Sportsbook opened, as Novak Djokovic is in a tussle, uh, one set apiece. Carlos Alcaraz struggling early in his first-round match. If you wanted to bet any of those matches, you could do it, despite the fact that the Sportsbook isn't open yet because those 61 self-service kiosks, as I mentioned, are open 24-7 in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. 
So you might remember uh, a couple years back, the first time I ever took my now seven-year-old son to a baseball game, it just so happened to be our next guest's first career start. And because of that, after some early jitters, he settled in, he got a big win, my son decided this man was his favorite Oriole. Now, he shared the title with Manny Machado briefly, and we're still working on who his next favorite Oriole is going to be. But we've had an affinity for this guy, and he's always been really kind to take time for us. And I am so happy that he has been able to get back to pitching after undergoing a successful treatment for a cancerous tumor that was found in his chest. It is a pleasure to welcome back to the program Mr. David Hess, who is with us now here on GCR. David, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you always, but particularly great to chat with you now. Thank you for taking the time. And congratulations on being back to baseball, my friends. It's always a privilege to get to come on here and uh, talk to you guys and catch up a little bit. Uh, David, I, it's it's so great to, to hear from you, man. Um, I, can you put into words what it meant to you just to be back on a pitching mound? Yeah, I mean, now that I've had a few days to kind of like, you know, just digest it all, um, I mean, it was just uh, a lot of a lot of hope uh, kind of coming to fruition. You know, it was something that going through the off season and treatment, and uh, just not really sure what everything would look like um, in terms of just being able to get back on a mound and if that was even possible. Um, and and just to get back out there was, you know, it was a big win for me. Um, and I think that. You know, the people around me uh, that saw me going through that and the people that have been supportive and encouraging through it, uh, you know, I I think that it was for all of us just something that uh, was really, really relieving and and exciting just to be able to see. You mentioned not knowing. when. Take me back to last October, David. Like, was your reaction immediately, oh, my God, baseball might be over for me? Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that was one of the big things on my mind because, uh, you know, I knew that there was some stuff going on, you know, just in terms of, I was kind of struggling, not kind of (laughs) struggling with breathing. Um, you know, I just had a lot of, a lot of symptoms and stuff going on that I had no idea what it was. And then, you know, when I heard, uh, you know, that I had, I mean, the tumor was, you know, pretty much bigger. it, It was like a, pot of coffee if you took off the handle holy smokes um, and, and and when i found out the sheer size of that it was you know in one sense it was relieving but yeah it was definitely uh, a question of is this thing going to go away am i going to be able to live through this like you know with all the the factors and things that we were seeing kind of put in front of us it was not just you know scary for Baseball, it was kind of scary just in terms of, you know, am I going to be able to live long enough to get to treatment and be able to hopefully shrink this thing? And then if that does happen, what's it going to look like, you know, for life after baseball? Am I going to, or life after treatment, am I going to be able to play baseball? Am I going to have to find something else to do? So, you know, all those things go through your head. You're using some terms. We're chatting with David Hess here on GCR. You're using some terms that clearly are far more significant than talking about baseball. Um, Yeah. What was there? Was the fear more? Hey, when I hear the word cancer, I hear this. I'm going to be afraid about you know what life looks like, or or were you hearing back from the doctors? Hey, like there's a real threat here. This could be 
a, a bigger problem for your overall health and, and frankly, for your life? Yeah, um, it definitely started out that way. Um, you know, when, when I sat down and talked with the oncologist for the first time, um, he was very optimistic. He said, you know, one of the biggest goals that he had was just to be able to uh, have me in good health to be able to get me back on a mound afterwards. But, you know, when they started breaking down all the things that the tumor was essentially causing, that was, to me, the scariest part. Um, I mean, you hear cancer and immediately uh, it, it takes you back. And uh, that in itself is pretty terrifying. But the prognosis was very good. But when they started breaking everything down and said that, you know, I had uh, blood clots, I had like five or six blood clots throughout my chest. And I had oh my, my heart was literally being pushed down into my stomach. Um, I had fluid build up around my heart and in my lungs. Uh, and then, you know, it was also pressing on my, my windpipe to where I was breathing at 15% of, uh, you know, what a normal person should be able to, you know, breathe out of, um, you know, and, and just factoring all that in to me, that was, you know, I, I, when I'm first went to the hospital, um, you know, it, it was one of those things more just trying to survive to get to chemo. Uh, I think chemo itself was, you know, kind of intimidating. This sounds like we we could almost use the term. It's a miracle, David. It sounds like when 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 you say those things, breathing at fifteen percent, like I, mm-hmm. I, being able to be back and pitching um, with within less than a year. I, the the word miracle truly does come to mind, man. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I mean, I I said that you know the whole time it was it was one of those things where you know whatever people believe in that you know I I don't know how people go through things without faith and, and as a person of faith I I the whole time said this was just an act of God not just to you know get me through it but to be able to get to where I am now. Um, I mean, it was it was as close to a miracle I think as is something that I've ever experienced. And, to be able to have that personally is pretty wild, you know. Yeah, yeah, I can only imagine, bro. I can only imagine. It's, yeah. Um. So you mentioned your faith, obviously. I, I mm-hmm. can, can I, can I venture a guess? And I, and I feel like I might have heard this at some point, but I, maybe I'm, I'm just not remembering correctly. Did, did you reach out to Trey? Did you talk to Trey as you were going through all of this? I did. Um. You know, when everything there, there was you know, for a two or three day time span there, when I first found out, I was sitting in the hospital room with, you know, not a lot going on. So you get a lot of time to process and think about stuff. And, you know, as I was going through that, Trey was one of the first guys that came to mind and, uh, you know, reached out to him or maybe he reached out to me one way or another. We, we got in touch with each other and, you know, I just was asking kind of like what his experience was like and if he had anything that, you know, helped him that you know he wished he did differently and stuff like that and you know he was just a great guy uh i mean he's a great guy all around um mm-hmm. especially in this scenario just to kind of go to and as somebody that had been there and uh you know gone through every all the treatment all the protocols and gotten back out on the field he was a big inspiration and motivation motivating factor for me just to see you know somebody that's been ahead of me and that's done it and, and to know that it's possible, uh, you know, that hope goes a very long way. Was there anything in particular that, like, he told you, hey, make sure you, when, when your mind starts to wander, make sure you did this? Was there, was there some piece of advice that he gave you that was particularly helpful? Um, 
I, I remember when we started talking about everything, it, it was something that, you know, may seem kind of insignificant, but I think as athletes, we're not very good at resting. Uh, <laughs> um, uh-huh. And I think that was through it. One of the things that, you know, we talked about, he said, you know, don't, don't try and like essentially be a superhero through it. Like if, if you need to rest, like, like, take it as easy as possible and let, you know, your body do what it has to do. Because at the end of the day, like, if you don't do that, it's going to create more problems or it's going to do more harm than good, essentially. I, and I see that I can understand. Like, you, you still want, you know, especially at some point in this process, you're like, I want to pitch again and I need to be in baseball shape, right? Like, yeah. I, my spot yeah. isn't guaranteed, you know, it, for, for not to not to, to try to disparage you, but like Trey is at a place in his career where he knew if he could get back, he's Trey Mancini, right? Like you're Absolutely. you're still trying to earn your way back. I I can imagine that's that's got to be difficult because you want to keep ramping up and you want to be lifting and doing all the things necessary in order to make sure that whenever you get through this, you're ready to go again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was you know through the entire thing, I felt. Uh, you know, all treatment, all all the recovery, I, I felt really good. And, you know, I I felt like I could definitely get back uh, just to being able to do the physical aspect. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you start to factor in the pitching element and all that, like, you know, there's so many facets to it that you don't know if your body's going to be able to hold up over just the wear and tear of pitching and especially out of the bullpen, kind of not knowing when you're going to be available. Um or, or going in and then just on top of that, like, will I be able to throw as hard as I did? Will I be able to, you know, kind of get back? So just to, you know, to try and like cancel all those thoughts out while everything's initially going on and just, you know, kind of shift that to, okay, we'll get to that when we get to that. But right now there's bigger things at hand. Let's take care of that. And then, you know, once we get to the next thing, we'll deal with it. Who else, who else was helpful, David? Who else in your life did you lean on as you were going through all these things? Yeah, so there, um, there was a guy that I went to college with uh, who actually went through uh, chemo the year before. Um, he's a couple years older than me, and his was a different uh, scenario, different treatment. But he was, I mean, he was awesome. Uh, his name's Alex Hutto. He was really great to talk to, and uh, he checked in a ton. And so I'm really appreciative to him. And then uh, another big one was uh, on a completely different, you know, set of, circumstances was uh Tyler Zombro mm, yeah um, we wow played, we played together in Durham and you know <laughs> I feel like we, we both just constantly you know he's an incredible guy and so just to uh see you know kind of everything he went through and where he's at now um we, we really you know tried to help build each up build each other up and encourage each other through everything and uh you know I'm really happy that I was able to have him with me through it, but also just to, you know, see how well he's doing now. Um, and then, I mean, th- those are some friends and, uh, you know, of course I, my wife was awesome through everything. My yep. family was awesome through everything. They were, I mean, more than I possibly could have asked for. Um, and then I was, you know, in terms of who, who I saw on a more regular basis, uh, you know, being in Greenville, uh, we have a, I have a good workout group. Um, and, and we're starting, you know, we've been there for, uh, I think close to five years now. Um, and granted that's pretty much five off seasons, not five <laughs> years. Um, but you know, we've gotten to, to make some relationships there, cool. uh, particularly with some baseball guys. 
Um, and so to have them, Daniel Bard was one of them wow. uh, with the Rockies. Yep. And uh, Eli White and Mike Freeman, uh, among a lot of other guys there. And so it was just, you know, the baseball community was incredible, just how they came up and, and came behind me. And then, you know, not to mention uh, other family and friends uh, and, and just, you know, just to see kind of how something that's so uh, negative uh, and, and just destructive in life can come together and, and or can bring people together and kind of uh, essentially rally everybody behind, you know, one one cause was really incredible. That's cool. Um, and, and just to be the focal point of that, I'm not I'm not somebody that likes to be kind of in the front, you know, of everything. Like, I, I don't want to be the star of the show. I just I want to you know, put other people up there and, and puff them up and make them look good. And so uh, that that was something, you know, that was kind of weird for me to have to adjust to. Um, and I know that might sound weird as somebody that, you know, plays baseball and is on a mound. And, right, right. You know, you're out there. You're Everybody's sitting, looking at you. Right? <laughs> of course. But, it, you know, it's, it's funny. You watch a game and you're kind of like, oh, yeah, this guy pitches. But it's different, you know, when it's a, it's a personal level. Uh and so, you know, that was not like, I, I'm, I'm the type of guy that like when I'm opening presents for like my birthday or Christmas, like I, I, I feel like uncomfortable that yeah, everybody's watching I get me it. open it. And I, and I get excited about what I'm getting, but I don't know how to like properly, <laughs> you know, thank people for it. And it just, it, it's a weird thing to kind of go through this and, and to be on the, the forefront of everything. So as we're wrapping up with, with David Hess, it's so great to have him back playing. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but our buddy Rich Dubroff from BaltimoreBaseball.com does this, <laughs> he shared out a, a picture last week of somebody showing up at the Orioles game wearing a David Hess jersey last there week. There we go. Um, do, do you still, did you feel any love from, from folks back in Baltimore? I, and I know you've moved on, but still probably the place that, that you've had the most connection with, I would think during your baseball mm-hmm. career, right? It's... Absolutely. I mean, you know, that was one thing I think that it didn't necessarily surprise me, but it was such a, um, how do I, it, it, it was a much more like uplifting and supportive group than I even imagined it would be. Wow. Um, you know, I mean, being in Baltimore, uh, you know, people are very passionate. Um, and so, you know, I, I, like there were some great moments when I was there and, you know, overall, like, you know, I'm really happy with my time, but, you know, I wish that I was, uh, able to, you know, bring a little bit more to the table for everybody. And so, you know, for this to happen and for the fans to come in and, and just to be as uplifting as they were and supportive, um, you know, it really, it was really nice to see. Um, and it really just showed how great they are there, how great the fans are, how great, you know, the organization was. Um, I feel like, you know, not just guys that I knew, but there was coaching staff that reached out and, you know, it was just something where, uh, you know, everywhere you go, you want to leave a good impact and, and you hope that, uh, not just you're remembered, but you're remembered in a good way. And, you know, just to kind of see, uh, see that actually happening granted through, uh, not ideal circumstances, but you know, that, that was just something that was really nice to see. And so I'm, I'm really appreciative to everybody out there that, uh, you know, is listening that was, that was supportive through the process and that's it awesome. meant a ton to me and to my family. And that's something that we'll never forget. That's awesome, man. Uh, dude, look, I, I know, I know you'll really be back when it's on a major league mound. I know that's, you know, you get a few under your belt and now, now it's time, but, but even yep. just to have you back, um, 
it means a lot. And I mean it. My, my son still talks about going to see your first start and um, how, how <laughs> you, you were his favorite Oriole because of it. So uh, hopefully we're going to see you back here in Baltimore at some point this season with the Rays. For sure. David, seriously, congratulations. So happy for you, brother. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes, and let's catch up again real soon, all right? absolutely thank you so much it was it's always great to come on and great to talk with you thanks buddy david hess uh, that'll make your uh, eyes a little watery on a monday morning huh that'll uh that'll make the hairs on your arms stand up a little bit great stuff great stuff so happy for david hess f cancer and awesome to see him back out there and uh, looking forward to him getting back to the bigs. And hopefully there will be a moment for him later on this season when he's with the Rays to come back to Baltimore and let uh, the folks here give him a nice round of applause and celebrate him. And, um, you know, really neat that he was able to have someone like Trey Mancini that he could reach out to as he was going through that and say, hey, man, I just just want to talk to you just want to run a couple of things by you that's a that's a really special thing that um and he was able to work through that with a guy like trey all right um today's show also brought to you by your local toyota dealer buyatoyota.com whether your focus is luxury and comfort convenience and technologically advanced connectivity sporty performance and aggressive styling we've got the perfect highlander for you check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new highlanders from your local toyota dealer today we need to talk Orioles. They they didn't. They, God, they got close yesterday. I mean, it's unreal. Ninety feet away from a ninth inning rally, um, but they did take three out of four in Chicago. We'll talk about that next as we continue along on a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MD gamblinghelp.org are you ready soccer fans this summer the english premier league returns to baltimore arsenal everton square off in the charm city match july 16th under the lights at mt bank stadium home of the baltimore ravens this is your only opportunity to take in a premier league match this summer in the mid-atlantic region individual and group tickets are on sale at baltimoreravens.com that first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
Come in for glory burgers, glory wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy our award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings. Or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook.com slash PressBox sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at press box sports it's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants like me right now you're listening to glenn clark radio all right back in here on gcr thanks again to david hess for taking the time for us this morning pretty emotional story great to have him back out on the mound and hopefully back in the bigs here before too long um, got some time here for a bit, and I want to cover a few things because I got lost talking about the car wash. Again, uh, thank you to coming out the car wash. Boysofhamden.com is the website. Um, we're going to be doing the calendar. Stan and I will be a part of it. Looking forward to it. Despite the fact that we're moving out of Hamden, I will still continue to support and love this neighborhood as I've been here for eight years. Um, so, so looking forward to that and raising money for the Hamden Family Center. That's super important. We are really looking forward to being a part of the Boys of Hamden uh, all year long. And uh, I think there might be some other uh, public appearances as the year goes on, some other things we might be doing. So um, that means a great deal to me. But, but in the meantime, the Orioles took two out, or three out of four in Chicago for the weekend. Of course, we, and we talked about the first one when we were in here on Friday, but ended up being three out of four. And damn, if they didn't get close to rallying, and, which is just crazy. Yesterday, if they fell behind 4-1 and appeared to be kind of lifeless, the B lineup out there with a ruse and Martin, and you just sort of like, all right, you know, like, hey, it's a Sunday, I get it. You can't, you can't win all four, and Jesus, did they try. But they come up a bit short. Um, yesterday on 105.7 The Fan, Reed and I uh, were kind of having a lengthier conversation, sort of building off. It's similar to the chat we were having about Austin Hayes on Friday. The conversation we were having is, do you allow yourself to get carried away and and more is it difficult to not get carried away because and I said this on Friday night as I was watching the game I said it's irresponsible to but difficult not to let your mind wander a bit in terms of what this team might be capable of accomplishing and when I say that I'm not saying I think there's any chance in all hell that a team with next to no starting pitching can find their way into the postseason. And even though Jordan Lyles wasn't particularly good yesterday, he still managed to give him seven innings. And I, I, I think he finished seven base runners over seven innings, so a whip of one for the day, I'll take that. Four runs, probably a bit much, but, you know, all things being equal. Um... 
it's difficult because you start doing the math, and if four out of five somehow were to turn into nine out of twelve, which you know is is not easy and not likely, but not insane. All of a sudden, you look up, and you're damn near a 500 baseball team. And you might be within four games of a playoff spot. And at some point, if that's reality, even if we don't believe it's sustainable, it has to impact the way it is that the Orioles think about what they're doing right now. Probably does not change the plan's for Jordan Lyles, you know, if you can get anything for him, you're probably just going to take the whatever the anything is because your thought process all along has likely been, hey, when Jordan Lyles goes, Matt Harvey's just going to come here and eat those innings. The difference being Jordan Lyles has been better than Matt Harvey, which I get as a very low bar. Like, it's an... It, it, be like me saying I'm I'm faster than my grandmother, you know? Like, yeah, I, I am, but that's not really saying anything. Um, that's that's been the plan, almost certainly. The plan is, if you can get something for Jordan Lyles, anything at all, whatever you can get for him, you take it, and then Matt's, Matt Harvey just slots into the rotation when Jordan Lyles is gone. I get it. You're going to roll your eyes. Understandably so. I don't think that changes. Does it change the thought process with Trey Mancini? That's where it gets interesting, right? It was always going to be tough to trade Trey Mancini because he's Trey Mancini. Perhaps you've heard of him. He's a popular figure. And not only because, like David Hess, he overcame cancer, he's quite popular because he's been the face of a moribund time to be an Orioles fan. He's been the thing we've had to cling to. He's been the guy who took it upon himself to say, I want to be out in the community. I want to befriend Mo Gabba. I want to you know, go to tailgates and host events and do charity things. And I want to be the guy that Orioles fans have had some sort of personal connection with over the years. So it was always going to be difficult. Oh, and on top of that, he's, he's, you know, he's good at baseball. Maybe not at a, in a premium but he's good at baseball. So Trey Mancini finds himself in this place where I'm going to guess, and I haven't talked to him about it. I, I could. He likely feels as though, hey, it's, it's probably a fait accompli. If they can deal me for something, they'll deal me, and that's the way it's going to go. But imagine being Trey Mancini, everything you've been through, and suddenly you're on a team that, again, since Adley Rutschman's arrival, starting pitching be damned, although they've gotten good starting pitching from Tyler Wells and Dean Kramer. Dean Kramer, very small sample size, but we still have to acknowledge it. That suddenly, the All-Star break, you're like a basically a 500 team. And you're only a few games out of a playoff spot. I mean, if you're five games out in late July, you're in the playoff race. Imagine. Now you're going to deal Trey Mancini? Everything he's been through? 
everything this fan base has been through, and they feel as though there's something here, even if we don't think it's actually sustainable, even if we knew there's just no way that it could turn. You're not adding anything. You're going to do that? I mean, the city might not burn, but it wouldn't go over well. I wonder. I wonder how the next couple of weeks, and you know, again, ironically, we won't be here. And maybe we'll get an answer very quickly. Maybe they'll go out to Seattle, lose two out of three, or get swept or something like that, and then we're like, all right, we were getting pretty carried away. Uh, it was We were being wildly unrealistic about what this team is and what they're capable of and anything along those lines. But if they don't, if they go out to Seattle and they win a couple of games, I, I don't know what the conversation is like. I, I don't know how long we keep looking at what their record is since Adley Rutschman's arrival and saying, hey, whatever you think they're supposed to be or however far away you believe they are, the reality is they're not. I talked to Mike Bordick yesterday. He was dumping cold water on it. He said, look, man, I'm still trading pieces. If I Like the guys that were talking about trading Austin Hayes, he was still having that conversation. Like, look, man, if there's somebody out there that looks at that and says, I've got a lot I can give you, I'm doing it still. Would you think there'd be more of an uproar if we traded no, Hayes insane. over Mancini? It'd be insane like, up. I mean, yeah. you just you can't do that. You cannot in a million years. And I refuse to believe it's a thought they're having. I refuse to believe that they're still thinking about the rebuilding portion of it. Until they somebody would say, as I and I've said this a couple times, somebody would say in response, Hello, it's the Orioles we're talking about. What do you mean you refuse to believe it? I hear you. I get it. I get that they, in your mind, they might have to prove otherwise to us, and we just are going to assume that they're going to do things that we don't think make sense or that we don't like or whatever it is. And until proven otherwise, that's what you believe is going to happen. I get it. But this would be wildly reckless. I mean, this would be uh, identifying that there there is no... There is no point to this rebuild that you're just going to be the Marlins. There's never going to be a time of contention. You're just going to keep moving on from players because you never want to have to pay any of them. And by the way, the Marlins exist. They are a thing. And not the Marlins of the late 90s, early 2000s that won two World Series. I mean, the Marlins of the last... 15 years where they just never had a not the Rays who had a point to what they were doing the Marlins who never had a point who just got rid of players for the sake of getting rid of players and thought being a major league the only major league baseball team in a geographical area alone was enough that you could be able to profit make money and be a successful business and be damned whether you were any good or watchable I don't believe there's any chance that's what the Orioles are doing until proven otherwise. So I don't believe there's any anything to having that conversation, nor do I think there's any world in which they try to acquire anything at the deadline. I think that would be reckless. I think giving anything up right now, this is found money if it were to continue. If this team were to somehow continue to win games 
at whatever clip. And I'm talking literally just about a scenario where they're, we wake up on Labor Day and we look and we say, Jesus, they're, they're still, when they list those teams still in the hunt, you're like, God, the Orioles are still there. Like if they were to win five in a row, they might be within two or three games. That's to me, I'm not talking about, I think this is a team that could get into the playoffs. There's an added playoff spot this season. That doesn't make a difference. I don't think they can get into the playoffs. But I think they, there could be a scenario. I don't think it's in. I think it's unlikely, but not bat s insane that there could be a meaningful baseball game in September. And by meaningful, I simply mean you're playing against another team, and there's some scenario where that series, if you were to win all three games, all of a sudden you're in the thick of things. I don't think that's crazy based on where they are and based on their trajectory since Adley Rutschman's arrival. I still think it's unlikely. I still think that ultimately you've got to have starting pitching. You can't continue to get through with smoke and mirrors. Like At some point, you've got to have another pitcher. And I just haven't seen enough from D.L. Hall to think that he's going to be the guy that's going to arrive and is going to fortify and give them another starting pitcher. I don't, you know... Maybe after the injury, Kyle Bradish comes back and raises his level. I mean, maybe. It it seems like an awful lot to ask. But I, I just, I don't think there's any world in which I can believe it's likely to happen. But what I can do is acknowledge that if they were to keep winning some games out on the West Coast and play a different way, it might require the front office to at least pause for a second and at least think about it particularly if and it's always been my belief as good of a season as Trey Mancini is having you're not likely to get a lot for him so if you get to July and you look up and you're five games out of a playoff spot and you can trade Trey Mancini and somebody would give up something in order to get him versus saying ah the hell with it Maybe we have some fun these next couple of months. It's not probably the way that Mike Elias is planning on operating, but I would like to think there might be somebody within the organization that would say, hey, dude, if there's not a lot on the table, what are we doing? Why? Now, there's a real offer on the table, sure. You know, you, I'm not telling you you should alter your plans based on this sort of what percentage chance is that one in a thousand, one in a hundred? It's somewhere between those two things. I don't know what it is. I mean, FanDuel doesn't think it's even that good. They they still think it's very unlikely. But whatever the number is, that chance, if, if you have decided that you don't think Jorge Lopez is a three-year answer as a closer and there's a team willing to give you a legit legit prospect as part of a package for Jorge Lopez. I'm not telling you to alter that based on being five games out, but I think you at least have to think about it because the bigger thought would be if you're there now, how much closer could you be a year from now? And again, I'm not saying I think you can win the AL East. 
But if you do have a healthy Grayson Rodriguez and you do get John Means back and D.L. Hall were to get here, could there be a scenario where you could be a credible threat to make the playoffs in a world where you get three wild card spots per league? I think you at least have to consider that based on where the team is at this point. And I think the next few weeks become interesting because if it goes the other way, if the Orioles kind of come back to reality, oops, there goes gravity, you got a mom spaghetti situation going on, if that were to occur, then I think it makes this all the easier. There's no thought. Of course you trade whatever you can trade of of that group of guys. I'm, there's still no world in which I'm talking about trading Austin Hayes. They could lose eight of their next ten games, and if you're trading Austin Hayes, my God, there are going to be problems. But I do think that they can be interesting in that way, and and that sort of kind of measures my my gut feeling about why it's hard to not get carried away because you can start. You can start to believe not that they're a threat to do something, but that they're a threat to stay interesting. And that we've got enough time now. I mean, we're past a month since Adley Rutschman's arrival and then being over 500. I, I can't, it's still a relatively small sample size, but it's growing. And they just took three out of four on the road in Chicago. The sample size is growing, and the trajectory is arguably curving up. I I can just ignore that and say, yeah, but there's still not enough pitching. There's just no way. And in my mind, that's still what I think is most likely. But when I do that, I am being dismissive of at least a bit of reality. And the reality says, no matter how little starting pitching they've had, they have figured out ways to win games. I think the reason that we can say that we can't get like excited about it is because they'd have to they'd have to displace one of the other AL East teams. To make it's it to a the different playoffs. thing. I don't think and they can. My, my getting carried away still doesn't involve them being in the playoffs. There's no scenario. I don't believe there's any way they can do that. But I'm not, that's not carried away to me is the thought of there being a relevant September baseball game. If you had given me, I, I, if you had given me 5,000 to 1 odds before the season that there would be a chance that on Labor Day weekend the Orioles would be within five games of a playoff spot, I would have said you're drunk. I'm not giving away my money even at 5,000 to 1 odds. And today... You ask me the same question, I'd say, I'm not betting on it, but it's. I got to acknowledge it's possible. That to me is getting carried away. Getting carried away is not. That's insane. Playoffs. It's nuts. Playoffs. Playoffs. That to me is carried away. That, that's them. beyond carried away. That's. I mean, that is fantasy land the stuff. The season mattering. That's carried. But that that's a complete carried away is thinking there could be a meaningful baseball game. Thinking that we could go, there could be a large crowd at a baseball game. Remember what, it, God, Jesus, I keep forgetting how young you are. This is very difficult. I, I need you to I need you to grow up like 13 years. All right, I'm next. trying, I'm trying. Um, 
in 2012, there were people that still refused to believe what they were. And I get it. The 2012 Orioles, by sheer wins and losses, were better. They did not have the start that the 2022 Orioles did. And that's, that's, it's why the comparison is unfair. But September 6th was the game when all of a sudden you're there. Everybody's there for the, the Cal Ripken statue unveiling and you're playing the Yankees. And you look around and you're like, holy crap, something's happening here. Now, that team was a playoff team, and that team, despite their flaws and despite the fact that, you know, it was smoke and mirrors, they got in and they did something. I'm not suggesting that can happen with this team. But my point would be, imagine showing up at a baseball game in Baltimore in September this year and looking around and feeling like something real was occurring. Maybe D.L. Hall's there. Deal had a rough day yesterday. Yeah, it's been. It's. I'm not. I'm not getting carried away. I. I am. It's. It's tough in how I'm talking about Deal yeah. Hall. But let's say as a couple right, of, right. of of he strings together a couple of good weeks. The truth is, Deal Hall's like he hasn't been miserable, but he's just not. There's nothing that he's done that makes you say he can at some point help you fortify this rotation this season. But let's just say, you know, he puts together a string of few good starts, and they say, well, we want to get his feet wet before he's in the majors next year. So we get to I don't even, I haven't looked at this I don't even know I'm I'm talking about these things hypothetically having no idea like if the Orioles are even home on Labor Day weekend I keep using Labor Day weekend it might be that they're on the West Coast again for all I know um, all right they pull up the September schedule they are home they are home on Labor Day, Day yes they specifically are. they are play Toronto so could be a very big series <laughs> I mean <laughs> settle down they and they're home all weekend in fact they're home. Yeah. Uh, they're home for six games against the Athletics and Blue Jays from the 2nd through the 7th. So let's just, again, for the sake of it, just getting carried away for the, the, the fun of getting carried away, imagine 105 game on Labor Day against the Blue Jays. The Orioles are within five games of a playoff spot with still four weeks of the season left to play. And it's Labor Day afternoon... It's a gorgeous day in Baltimore. Although, I, for whatever reason, it feels like by, like we get, it's that... Um, it's Orioles t-shirt giveaway. Perfect day. It's t-shirt giveaway. I, I'm just, weather-wise, it always feels like late, late August. We're like, oh yeah, fall's coming. You know, like you have those, and then you get to that first week of September, and, it's still and it just goes right back to being a 100 degrees. But let's just imagine that we get to Labor Day. Beautiful weather. 80-degree day. Everything's perfect. D.L. Hall is now pitching in Baltimore. There's still no real chance of them getting into the playoffs. But they've been good enough. They've continued to play 500 or so baseball ever since Adley Rutschman arrived. We keep talking about how much better they've been since Adley Rutschman's arrival. There's 25,000 people, 30,000. Let's not go. 25,000 people at a baseball game on Labor Day in Baltimore. That, to me, is getting carried away. That, to me, is imagining there being baseball life in this city, feeling something. Because it's not reasonable. It's not reasonable that they've been even competitive with as little starting pitching as they've had. But that, imagining that, the possibility of an electric atmosphere for a Orioles baseball game 
after the start of college football season. That's crazy. That's insane. There's no world I could have ever imagined that occurring this season. And that, to me, is the new place I'm willing to go. I'm not going to play. Stop it with playoffs. It's, it's bonkers. But that, feeling life, feeling something about a baseball game in September, we haven't done that. The last time that happened, Griffin couldn't drive. Yeah, I think that's true. That would be wild for us to be able to feel that. It would be, oh, amazing. And for the hope that would come along with something like that. It would do wonders for there being anticipation for the next season. It would do wonders for people to still be invested in the Orioles once the season is over and interested in talking about them and and wanting to be there for opening day next year, if there could just be a, a one meaningful game, a feeling like there was a there there. I think they were sitting there on the broadcast all week, and the Orioles are like, I think if they win one one of these Seattle games, they, they get they clinch their a, a winning, winning record. The first winning month since 2017. Yeah. Carried away. That, and again, that's not, the, the bar is very low. The bar, I'm faster than Grandma. I know. Before she died, I said, Grandma, we're doing this. I got something to prove. She was very, she was very confused. Very confused. She, she looked at me. She said, who are you? I said, Nanny, I love you, but we're going to have to race. That's the way it's going to go. And you know what? Yeah, she showed some fight, but I still won. I promise. Bar is very low. Unbelievably low bar, but it's something. I don't... I mean, it, I don't like again. If you had set the odds, maybe I would have been willing to bite on odds for one winning month because all it takes is one kind of crazy month in order for that to happen. But it's still not something I expected from the Orioles at some point this season. Now imagine if they stockpiled them. Imagine if they had a winning month in June and another winning month in July. Imagine how we'd be talking about this team again, not in the context of playoffs. Just feeling something. Feeling alive. That's what I'm talking about. So, yeah, when I say get carried away, I do. I start to envision. I start to imagine what that might be like. I start to... Uh, A buzz at Camden Yards. Yeah, yeah, just something that feels real. Something that feels special. And this team has given me enough over the last five weeks now since Adley Rutschman arrived to say hey i'm 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 tuned in that that's the the biggest upset of them all griffin you weren't here that like i said to paul i'm like dude i'm not going to be what we're going to get to a point in the season where i'm not going to be watching orioles games like we were doing the bit where he had to do the the one minute man thing and most of it was the idea the concept was i'm barely going to be checked in i need you to explain to me why something might matter because i'm not going to be watching well i'm watching every night the adley effect and it's not just because if Adley got here was exciting, but they were getting their ass kicked every night. Mm-hmm. I'd say okay. I I saw Adley. I I know you know he's he's he hit his home run uh, right yeah. like the whole thing. And then I'd be good. I'd be like I'll I'll check back in when they take the next step. There on the whole, Austin Hayes, Ryan Mountcastle, 
you know, in lesser doses, Jorge Mateo, I just wish he could hit. God, I wish he could hit. Did hit a home run over the weekend. Thank you. That's true. Uh, he was big on Saturday. There's no doubt about it. Um, I just wish he could hit because there's so much to like about Jorge Mateo. Like, he's just such a entertaining baseball player to watch that I wish there was more of a there there. The outfield defense on the whole, Anthony Santander. I know he's not been the bat that we wanted him to be, but still defensively, the throws he can make, all of those things. And Cedric Mullins, my Jesus Christ, the play he made yesterday. I was in the middle of doing a radio show. I look up, and I completely lost my, my train of thought. I'm like, holy hell, what was that? Yeah, I want to watch. I did not expect to be in tune with the Orioles at this point. I thought that there would be stockpiling – I mean, look, I'm still going to be watching Wimbledon in the afternoons. So let me make that clear. But I thought we'd get to, you know, the NHL and NBA playoffs being over, and I'd be spending my time, you know, watching Peaky Blinders. That's what I would be doing with my life. But yet here I am, and tonight, I mean, it's a late night tonight. God damn it. It's a late night tonight. It's 10 o'clock. You can just game. stay up all night because then yeah, but what the Orioles and then Wimbledon's on in a couple hours. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'll just, that's what, exactly what I'll do. I'll, I'll, I'll sleep from 4 to 10 or something <laughs> like that. Um. You know, I, but I watch at ten o'clock. I know where my TV is going to be. I am going to be tuned in for the. It's not even going to be like, hey, I got nothing else going on. I'll watch this. I'm going to tune in for the start of the baseball game, and I will watch it for as long as one. I feel like staying up versus, or it's it's entertaining or compelling to keep me watching. I mean, if they fall behind eight nothing, I'll I'll probably check out. But th- that's 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 carried away because that wasn't going to happen before the season began. I promise you. I was going to be checked out by this point in watching the Orioles night in and night out, and yet here we are. All right, I don't know. We just we just did that for like 30 minutes. I'm sorry. I got carried away a couple times this morning. Orioles do open up a series in uh, Seattle tonight. Um, Tyler Wells, their their ace, is on the mound. Uh, last time they were the in birds. Seattle, they did have an ace on the mound, and he didn't allow. That's a true. Hit for that's nine a innings. great point. Was that the last? They have not. They haven't I, been back yeah. to Seattle. I guess that makes sense. They only go once a year. Um, and it was the last game of the series. So, yeah, the last time the Orioles faced the Mariners. They got a no-hit streak going in Seattle. Mm-hmm. That Tyler Wells, maybe he could continue. The Yankees nearly got no-hit back-to-back. And then, and then, of course, they came back and won yesterday, which is very frustrating. Um, but there was a lot of stats being thrown around on Twitter yesterday about, like, longest consecutive right. streak of not, not allowing hits. I, I wonder if there's ever been something like that in baseball history where a team has no-hit an opponent in consecutive games they played in across a year yeah i mean that, but in general right like is it anything because it could be somewhere where like you threw a no hitter in the final game of the series and then two weeks later or two months later you were back in town right and you played the same team again i just wonder if something like that has ever happened before no pressure tyler wells but we're looking for <laughs> history tonight got a cycle from austin hayes last week now we need you to go make some history tonight all right, into hour number two of the program. Uh, Ross Grimsley is off tonight. Stan and Luke are going to have a baseball show for you on Facebook Live. Um, maybe talking about some of the same things in relation to the Orioles and what you allow yourself to believe they're capable of. So that'll be tonight, uh, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Stan had a busy week last week. If you missed any of those shows, you can find them there, youtube.com slash pressboxonline or um, pressboxonline.com slash video. Jeremy Kahn still to come this hour. We'll talk a little bit about the Stanley Cup as the Avalanche uh, hoisted it last night down in Tampa. We'll cover that and um, some other things before we get to Jeremy as well. It's Glenn Clark Radio. 
Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy our award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings. Or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Are you ready, soccer fans? This summer, the English Premier League returns to Baltimore. Arsenal, Everton, square off in the Charm City match, July 16th, under the lights at M&T Bank Stadium, home of the Baltimore Ravens. This is your only opportunity to take in a Premier League match this summer in the Mid-Atlantic region. Individual and group tickets are on sale at BaltimoreRavens.com. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very first Salute to Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Also inside, find tributes to Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasho Sorovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and Poly basketball coach Kendall Peace. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerl, the athletes who lives these coaches have impacted offering insights on what makes them special and why they've stood the test of time press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com that first sip that first bite Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 11.40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports' Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here. <clears throat> oh, boy. Hello. Good morning. It sounds lovely. Good morning. Hi. I'm, I'm Glenn. That's Griffin. It's GCR. Um, a couple things. One, yes, the Avalanche win the Stanley Cup as they they didn't get a done, the job done in Game Five on Friday, but they go back to Tampa and win Game Six. It was they were always the team to beat. They're just so loaded. The only real question was the goaltending, and they got just enough. And um, you know, the Lightning, of course, showed their championship medal the entire way. Your boy's very glad that he hedged that ticket before the Stanley Cup Final. Just I did not see it. I, the odds, I was right to play the odds. The Lightning should not have gotten as crazy of odds as they did as the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions going into the playoffs. But 
just going into that series, you could see Colorado was a machine. They were monsters. And they're going to be, you know, like the Lightning made it the three consecutive Stanley Cup finals, and the Avalanche are going to be really tough to beat because McCarr and McKinnon, and I mean, they're just, they're loaded. They are a loaded, loaded group. Um, so, you know, that's, it, it, I'm not telling you they're going to win the Stanley Cup next year or the next three years or anything like that, but they're going to be a problem. They're going to be a problem. they got to get their goaltending situation fixed moving forward. Um, the NBA offseason kind of moves into full swing this week. I'll be distracted by Wimbledon, where Novak Djokovic did lose a set, but finished just fine against Stephen Kwan and moved on. Um, but the NBA offseason will be a big focus this week as well, and we'll be getting a lot of the attention. Um, and I got a column up today at PressBoxOnline.com, and of course, you know, my, my tradition is my Monday column I give away on this show, but I'd still ask you to go click it and read it anyway. Um... I knew last week what I wanted to do, and I knew within about 24 hours of Tony Siragusa's passing what I wanted to write about him. And, you know, I talked about a lot of the stuff. I'm, I'm just going a step beyond. I, I have, <clears throat> in considering Tony Siragusa's impact on this city and this franchise, and most specifically the relationship between city and franchise... I think Tony Siragusa is worthy of being in the Ravens' ring of honor. And it's a fine line, because I'm saying very specifically as a football player, we know he's not. That's unbelievably clear. From a football standpoint, a comp football accomplishment standpoint, Tony Siragusa is not worthy of reaching the Ravens' ring of honor. And I'm okay with that. I don't want to water down the level of football player that gets into the Ravens' ring of honor. And as much as we scream and, and flip out and lose our minds about Ernest Biner, and we kind of have to understand that Ernest Biner is not the standard. That was, a, that was a gift that we gave Art Modell. And if literally the man who gave us football back, the one thing we did for him was put Ernest Biner's name in the ring of honor, I think it's a small price for us to have to pay. And yes, it's weird, and it's awkward, and it's uncomfortable, and fathers have gone to games with their sons, and their sons have said, Dad, who is Ernest Biner? And they had to be like, dude, look, man, it's it's really complicated. I I can't I can't explain it to you. The friend of Art Modell's, Art Modell was the owner, gave us a football team, so we. It's a favor to Art Modell, right? And like, it's it's very difficult to do, but it's a small price to pay for the man who again gave us football back. The irony being what Art Modell was trying to suggest that Ernest Biner reflected within the Ravens' ring of honor, Tony Siragusa actually would reflect by his name being in the ring of honor. And we talked about that last week. The role that Tony Siragusa played specifically as a John the Baptist-like figure Someone who personally went out around town, touched, spoke to, celebrated, partied with everyone before the Ravens were any good at all. And before there was a love affair between this franchise and this city. 
and the role that he played in becoming the guy to make people fall in love with the Baltimore Ravens, to have Art Donovan-like stories about their favorite Raven. What he was as a representative of the organization, that cannot be measured by a statistic or an all-pro appearance or a Pro Bowl, which, again, Tony Saragusa made none. But you combine what he did as a representative for the franchise with the fact that he was a stalwart for a Super Bowl championship team and perhaps the greatest defense of all time, and you got a damn good argument. Now, I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Ravens are, are making it very clear. There is a new standard of exceptionalism to get you in, and it's totally possible in hindsight that even maybe a Michael McCrary might not have made it into the Ring of Honor. He fit the the unspoken qualification that they'll tell you does not exist and will be broken in the coming years, is that you had to make at least one Pro Bowl, right? But the reality is, if you look at the names that have gone in, there ain't nobody going in who made one Pro Bowl. The list now is far more accomplished players. They're not watering it down. I think, despite the fact that Sam Cooke only made one Pro Bowl, he damn well better be in the Ravens' ring of honor. And I think we all know that the guy that's going to get in with no Pro Bowls will be Joe Flacco. Because we understand how much more important a Super Bowl MVP is than being a Pro Bowler. So that's going to weigh out, and Joe Flacco will get into the ring of honor. But that's a high standard. And Tony Saragusa, the football player, does not, in no world, does he reach that standard. It would be absurd to suggest that. And I'm not. But I think Tony Saragusa's value in establishing this franchise and creating a love affair between the city of Baltimore and the Baltimore Ravens is worthy of a different type of recognition. And I think that as we, as I, my sons, at some point, I'll take them to it. I don't like going to football games, but inevitably I'll take them. As I show up and my kids say, Sir, Sir Gooser, Dad, who's Sir Gooser? I'd like to tell them that story. I think it would be appropriate for the next generation. My God, as I mentioned, Griffin yeah, doesn't, for my generation. doesn't I mean, really understand exactly. anything able, about it. Well, yeah, exactly. Because like, what you guys were talking about last week, the, the, he helped make the Ravens you know, the model organization that they are. And I, so fortunately, I get to take great football for granted my entire life. The, all, my entire all, life. all you've known yeah. ever. Stephen and, Means. And Griffin, as much as I make fun of it, he's an adult, legally speaking. And all he's ever known, he couldn't fathom what the Ravens, there being a disconnect between Baltimore and the Ravens? 
The Ravens are like one of the five most stable franchises in all of American sports. That's not actually true. Like, I mean, that's not. It might be. I mean, I mean, they're 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 one of the. You could say they're maybe one yeah. of the five better I mean, run. Like what Stephen said last week. Yeah. How eight I'd years rather ago be, he was ready I'd to be rather be on the practice squad in Baltimore than on the active roster in and, Tampa. And Tony Siragusa helped build that. That that yeah. exists because of guys like Tony Siragusa. No, and again, as I not singularly, David Modell, John Zeman, the former the the the. Iconic Baltimore Colts players who are willing to go to such incredible lengths to help establish that connection. The John Unitas's, the Lenny Moores of the world, even Art Donovan, that were willing to say, we're with you. We want to be a part of what you're doing. We want to show up in the community and help you. And there were other Ravens players in those early years who also took it upon themselves and wanted to be out in the community and wanted to help out. But none of them were quite like Tony Siragusa because they didn't have his personality, his larger-than-life. He was a magnet. So for all those reasons, I think it's a story that we should try to tell. And I think... He's more unique. I would never say these things. And I, I, I bless Sam Adams. Sam Adams, great football player, great guy, Super Bowl champion. But I never in a million years suggest that Sam Adams should be in the Ravens ring of honor, even if he were to pat. God. Because I know somebody's going to say, Glenn, you're only saying this because Tony Saragusa died. But yeah, to the extent that I wouldn't be thinking about Tony Saragusa, unfortunately, otherwise. This forced me to really sit down and think about Tony and his role and what he meant more so than even other good players, even other players, no offense, Rod Woodson was a great player still when he arrived in Baltimore, but I would never say this about Rod Woodson. It was so unique to Tony Saragusa, so unique to who he was as a person and who he was as a representative of a franchise that needed someone to become that guy. I get it. Ray Lewis was going to become a great football player. But we didn't know that when Tony Saragusa arrived. We had no idea that Ray Lewis was going to become a Hall of Fame caliber football player, an icon of the game. We knew he was an exciting young player, and we kind of liked him, but we didn't know any of those things. So you can read about it more, and I, as always, despite the fact that I gave away my column, I, I implore you, and I, I want to make it very clear, I neither do I. I don't think it's going to happen. Nor will I be angry that it doesn't. The Ravens already, and I mentioned this. They've already got a, a terrible log jam with the Ring of Honor. They still have to get Marshall Yonda in. They still have to get Terrell Suggs in. Then, as I said before, Sam Cook needs to be in. Period. Travesty if Sam Cook doesn't get in. How does it do? How does it work when they do? They do like they pick one guy a week, or they no, do they, all the guys they, at once? They try to do one guy a year because they try to make oh. a big weekend out of it and. An event, so it's not just a, a arrive at a football game, right? And it's a lot to try to do more that whole weekend more than once a year. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, they they could they could attempt to try to clean up the log jam a little bit, but they got you know the pandemic pushed them back, and they waited. They screwed up with Brian Billick and waited too long, and they had years they could have been putting him in, and they they didn't, and that's a whole different conversation. There was a relationship that was still kind of frosty that had to be fully repaired. So. Then they pushed Haloti Nada back. Then you have the pandemic, and now you have more players retiring. Joe Flacco probably does not have that many more years in him in the NFL. Once he's retired, he's got to go in. So you got like four, the next four years to me are taken. There's 
there's no there's no room in the next four years for anybody else to go in because in the next four years, Yonda, Suggs, and whatever order, Cook, Flacco all have to go in. Now, I don't know after that. Like, we have the conversation, but you know, we're, we're five years down the road at that point. I just, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm not going to be angry at all that it doesn't. I just happen to think he's worthy of it. And that's something that I would have been, if you would ask me, sadly, last Monday, should Tony Saragusa be in the, the Ring of Honor? What are you, dude, what are you talking about? Um, it required, sadly, his passing to really make me reflect on what he meant to this city and this franchise and his role in what we feel now. So please click on it, pressboxonline.com. Even if you're not actually reading it, just leave it up on your on your, the your your Explorer. No, it's not Explorer, your Chrome or whatever, your Safari for a minute. So you get a little time spent reading. Appreciate it. To help your boy out. Thank you. Uh, when we come back in, Jeremy Kahn's going to join us. Today's show also brought to you by Simply the Bets, which returns tomorrow morning at 11.40 a.m., and then that will also be off for a couple of weeks. So chance to get your bets in, baseball slate, UFC 276 Saturday night. We'll be talking about all that. It's brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, and we'll have a, a weekend at Bookies on Thursday, but then both shows off for a couple of weeks. So this week, tomorrow, Simply the Bets, Thursday weekend at Bookies at 11.40-ish. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Jeremy Kahn's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Help.org. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Yeah. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. 
The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very first Salute to Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Also inside, find tributes to Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasha Sorovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and poly basketball coach Kendall Peace. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerl, the athletes whose lives these coaches have impacted, offering insights on what makes them special and why they've stood the test of time. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one. Any hoodle. Take it away, boys. All right, back in here on GCR. Today's show is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. And as we were just talking about with John Colson, I'm excited because we're going to be we're going to be living at Glory Days Grill now that we move into Towson. We will be right down the street. We will be there regularly. You can still win a backyard barbecue from Glory Days Grill right now. you got to go to glorydaysgrill.com. No purchase is necessary in order for you to sign up to win that backyard barbecue. I'm just looking at the pictures right now. Man, I love Glory Days. I, I've said before, if you win, you better be prepared to invite your buddy. Your old pal GC to come hang out with you. Again, go to glorydaysgrill.com right now in order to sign up. Summer seasonal menu is on the way at Glory Days Grill, but always the best burgers, ribs, wings. It's glory for everybody at Glory Days Grill. It's Monday. This man, I don't know if he's even okay yet. I don't know if he's he's managed to, to take care. Have you uh, have you passed the stone yet, Jeremy Kahn? Not. I'm actually seeing a urologist oh, in God. two and a half hours. Dude, oh, yeah. how's, how's, uh, how's your pain threshold at the moment? So, I mean, it's been fine this weekend. Uh, it was kind of a concern because my wife flew out of town on Saturday morning for a work convention in Colorado, Oof. and... Uh, so, so that's why, you, see, I was so confused because Jeremy sent me this text and said, hey, can you put on a nurse's dress and come over to the house? And I got to be honest with you, I was confused about it, but now yeah. it makes more sense. It was just because your wife was gone. That's all. No, no, no. That was when she was in town because I wanted uh. you to show her what I like. So, um, but, but no, I mean, it was kind of odd. So last week I actually, I got off the air um, at the station and even while I was on the air, people were listening. I was getting up in the middle of segments and running down the hallway to go vomit, and uh, I, di- I didn't know why. I didn't know what was wrong with my system. Like I, I was feeling stomach pain the entire day, Eesh. and so um, you know, you had me scheduled uh, typically for eleven thirties on Mondays. Yep. You know, and and um, I texted you saying, "Hey, man, I I don't know if I can do today because <laughs> yeah, like it felt like hitting that finish line at ten o'clock. It's I just want to go home. I actually fell asleep for four and a half hours after that." Uh, and, and then, so the next three days I'm like, uh, COVID testing and it comes back negative. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm okay to go back to work. And I literally got off the phone with our program director and a half an hour later, I collapsed at my house. Yeah. Um, I couldn't walk. Uh, you know, I was speaking in short sentences. I was hyperventilating. I couldn't breathe. And it was just this unbelievable pain. And then I talked about it today. Like we went to Bayview and the nurses were great, but Nobody saw a doctor the entire time. I was, there were people saying they waited 40 hours and hadn't seen a doctor. Jesus um, I had waited 12. I had everything I needed to be done in the first two hours with getting medicine, IVs, you know, and uh, going through the whole situation, getting a CT scan and all this. And then I just sat in the lobby next to a bucket of 
vomit for about 10 hours after that. So, oh, cool. Um, Cool. Yeah, it was somebody else's. It yeah, wasn't mine. Right. Right. But, yeah, but, you know, but hang on a second. Those nights. But that's also no different than the average Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's typical for me. But yeah, what a weird weekend. And I see a uh, urologist today to find out whether or not I get a, a camera stuck down my pee hole. So, which I had the question this morning, again, which I'll ask again, you. Again, you, you, you say these things like this is any different than a typical week. You're just basically saying you had a week. That's all. Yeah, oh. normally I can't afford those small cameras, though. So, but, um, but no, the, the, the point being is I asked, so when you know you're going to see a doctor for, that's going to take a look at your nether region, uh-huh. do you like right, go, yeah. little, go the extra mile and trim the old boy up? See, say, hey. this, is, this is a statement of fact. I, I always do. I, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, I can, I consider it my wife and make those decisions. I am, uh, I keep, no, things. no, I'm just talking about specifically, like, you know, you know, you're going like, it's right. something you, you routinely do obviously, but, um, but the fact is, like, when you know uh, you, you're going, you, you make like, sure you go the extra mile. Yeah, it's a it's a fair question. I'm trying to think about because I I got my vasectomy like literally the day the pandemic began. Um, yeah, I probably do. I probably do. I probably make sure. Like, I just double check. It's you know, like if you have a late. I know what you're referring to. It's like you have a late night the night before, and you're just like, eh, I don't I don't feel like spending another minute on this here, and I, I can deal with it tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I probably do make sure that I clean things up a little bit and that I'm 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 fairly well. And then I like I tie a nice uh, like a bon- uh, I give it a bonnet and then I like uh maybe a little glitter too, right? Like is, just something present yeah, you present exactly right. Present something like here. Well, right? Is there something like is it weird if I shave my doctor's initials in it like <laughs> just to say hey, nice to see you. It's only you know? it's it's well, it's 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 weird, but it's weird that his initials are N.A. Like, that's the really <laughs> weird part about it, where I'm like, huh. i got to double-check see uh, what his initials yeah, are. Right. Um, look, I, dude, I, I had the, the stone. I, I think you're in a worse situation than I was. I It happened to me. I was calling the Cal Ripken World Series in Aberdeen, oh. and I'm in the middle of a baseball game, and all of a sudden I can't talk. I can't breathe. And I, I'm, like, going to the bathroom trying to pee and trying to puke. Like, just anything out of me, right? Like, there's, I feel like I have some sort of poison in me, and I just want to get it out. And I'm literally, in every third out, I'm running to the bathroom, attempting to puke. I've got, everything's out of me. There's nothing more to come out of me. And then I'm going back to the microphone, and it's like, the ball one. <laughs> ball, stri- strike two. Like I'm, I'm not even broadcasting at this point. Like there is, yeah. there is nothing going on. And suddenly, the, the 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 guy from from Ripken Baseball just sort of walks in the room, like, uh, is everything okay? <laughs> like, no, no, very much not. <laughs> not it's, everything is okay. It's an agonizing pain, man. And um, again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. It was funny because, uh, you know, I said something to the nurse. She goes, Yeah, a lot of people say that that uh, you know, passing a kidney stone can be like. Uh, childbirth oh. or as painful as it and I, I said i think it's more painful and she said why i said because i don't want to do this again a lot of women want to have a baby a second right, time. They, yeah they choose it yeah that's a good point and then then the nurse had a great comeback where she's like yeah i just don't remember women complaining about uh passing kidney stones those, those, you those say are little that. things that no you that. say that i have talked to multiple women i'm not even yeah. kidding in fact i believe rita's mom said something about this on saturday when i saw her she's like i'd rather have i'd rather have another kid i'd rather do go through that than 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 another like a kidney stone like I'm yeah it's it was awful but I guess we'll find out what today's like I've heard uh, all kinds of horror situations of 
what can happen with blood clots leaking out of the the end of old boy down oh. there and wear oh. two pairs of underwear. And, hey, yeah. I hope you guys are enjoying your lunch. Get over to glorydaysgrill.com today. <laughs> Get your order in. I hope you guys are enjoying I'll it. I'll see you over there. Yeah, correct. I'm the guy with my uh, doctor's initials shaved in my pubes. Yeah. That's how you'll know. That's <laughs> how you'll know. Jesus oh. Christ. Uh, all right, so um, uh, the the bad news in all of this was that I wanted to have Jeremy come join us for the sexy car wash on Saturday, and unfortunately, and you know funny? everything went right too yeah. for it to happen. I yeah. told you we had to lose our football game. Yep, and I don't know if I told you how it ended. I caught a touchdown with 22 seconds left that I, I proclaimed to the other team like "game over, bitches." You know, like uh, <laughs> right. there was some trash talking going on during the game, and I'll be. <laughs> they went down through if you want to call it a bit of a hail mary down. And the guy caught a touchdown. I was like, oh, oh, it's crushing, yeah. crushing. So. Um, so I'm going to present this to you because, as you know, there are pictures of me now in my hot dog Speedo that exist mm-hmm. on the interwebs. Despite the fact that I had said no pictures, uh, that policy was violated by uh, my wife and my work wife. So I'm not happy about either one of those Yeah, things. Rita did it, and then I retweeted it because I thought <laughs> right. it was right. their game. Yeah, it was, it. No, I, don't, I, it's, it's, I can't make it go away now. Yeah. What is the thing? And And – that you worry about, you have had success, obviously, in your career. Mm-hmm. Um, you've, you've been doing some national shows recently, I know, with, uh, with Odyssey and BetQL. I, I worry, like, you know, you ever worry about, like, you have a moment where you do something really amazing. Some, some, you go off on some sort of tangent on the radio, and everybody just loves it. And it goes viral, and people enjoy it. But then everybody, they, I mentioned this to Rita yesterday. I'm like, two years from now, I'm going to do something. Half of the world's going to love it. The other half of the world is going to hate it. And the half of the world that hates it is going to dig up these pictures of me and this Speedo, and they're going to share them back out with no context. And it's at a time where I'm getting attention, people are going to associate me with me being pasty white and, you know, yeah. and, and flabby and all of those things, right? Is there anything that you worry about that's like that? That, like, if, if, if in a month from now, there's this mo- a viral moment for Jeremy Khan that something comes out that now for whatever and I'm not talking about like something I'm, this is not it's wait I'm not saying Jeremy ever said a gay slur or something yeah. like that I, I hope you understand but it would be just embarrassing for to be out there and to be public for a broader group of people than just the people that listen to you every day and, and know your personality inside and out. In my twenties, I was in blackface all the oh, time. Oh, no, good. Kidding, that's no. The, yeah. see, see, that's no. There's, I don't think there's anything that um, that really stands out. Like, I, I, I mean, I ran into this problem because I, I think I told you about this when, you know, I had two pictures: one of me in the Ric Flair outfit, which is basically a right, you know? right. Um, and then there was another one where one of my buddies was having a house built, so he was staying with another friend, and he said, "I don't want anybody in my room." So that means to me. Hey, go in his room and take a picture of you in his room. And then to that point, I got all the way down to my underwear, pulled it up the crack of my ass, and then kind of laid forward it's with beautiful. my hands underneath my chin. Yeah. And a picture of my friends that got married, they were holding it up behind me. So it's like this, it's a really creepy picture with yeah. no kind of, um, with nothing set in stone of why that happened. You would look at it and go, that's weird. Um, <laughs> those two pictures popped up, and, and I thought Perry Hall was going to fire me from coaching their basketball team. And I'm like, look. If this is really what, have you listened to the music the kids are listening to? Or yeah, watched, yeah, watched? correct. Heard them speak. Yeah, this, this is, is not the end of the world. Quite but tame, right? Yeah, those things came back and kind of bit me in the ass. But ultimately, like, it's it's very hard to embarrass me. There are things that 
that can embarrass me, but I think it's very hard to do that. And that's sort of like I'm trying to approach it that way. That if like something like if for whatever whatever reason, like I happen to know that all of my bosses have already seen these pictures, and I have yeah. not lost a job yet. So you know we're good there. Um, I don't know if the people at ESPN that just hired me to do the women's lacrosse world championship <laughs> saw them or not. I hope they don't. I hope they stay away, and we can just get to Thursday, and I'll be all right. Um, did you I did, go around saying, "Have you seen my wiener?" Or I did. I did. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, ask me about my wiener. <laughs> I tell. I told Griffin this this morning. I'm saying that my my life was made. I don't know who this person is, but somebody else um, that was at the sexy car wash who I, I met for the first time was uh, sort of a, a socialite here in Hamden named Young. Young was out, and he shared a picture, not of me and my, my Speedo, just my face, and the, the, the boys of Hamden, Stan the Fan, was out there helping us out. Um, and there was a comment on that picture from a young lady who appears to be quite lovely, who was also there at the car wash on mm-hmm. Saturday, that said, guy with the red underwear is hot. And I said, that's it. I'm good. That's all I needed. My life has been fortified. I don't need it, anything else. It, it makes does up make for, it kind of complete, right? right? At that point, yeah. It, it makes up for all of the laughing emojis that I've dealt with. It makes up for all the just one young lady who does not know me in any way, just saying that. And Lord knows she might be joking too. I don't care. It just feels good. It just—it's like you know what I would compare it to, Jeremy. The first time you were hit on by a gay guy, did it in some weird way? like mean more to you wasn't it like in some weird way more life affirming when you were out somewhere in a gay guy proposition you're like wow it just meant more opportunities for me <laughs> like there's uh you know there's more than just the you no know, i i mean that's I, I i the guys on the morning show joke about it all the time they joke about me being gay all like all the time like well, hey i mean just come out of the closet right yeah. and i mean nothing could be further from the truth but i just roll with it because i think it's hilarious um but you know the, the fact of the matter is i think i've been hit on more times by gay guys than I have by actual women. That's probably so. true. Yeah, that's yeah. probably the, that's probably the case. I'm telling. I remember we were down. There, there was I, I, for people that were listeners of the Big O and Dukes show. Uh, they had a gay intern, and I think became a personality on the station named Sven Lloyd. And I went down to visit them one day down in D.C. And we're telling a story, and I'm talking about how. And I'm sure Jeremy, you have heard this number of times. Tim Ver- when I first got hired at HFS, Tim Virgin said to me, he's like, son, you're not a broadcaster until the first time you have sex during an air shift. And I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> and he laid out a challenge. And it was a different time in the world. And so... So how was Ben? So I'm telling that story as we're all hanging out down at uh, 1067. And, and he looks up at me. He's like, hey, so uh, do you work here? And I was like, want to be a broadcaster. I was like, and I, it didn't hit me at first. Like at first I was just like, huh? Like, no, I don't, I don't, I work in Baltimore. And I like realized I'm like, oh, oh. And then I just looked at him like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and that's how I felt anytime I've ever been hit on by a gay guy. I've just been like, God, you're sweet. Thank you well, so much. And, and the weird thing in my life is I probably went in from being an otter somewhere along the line to just being a hairy bear. Right. And nah, nice. now I just fit into a, you know, a, a different uh, stereotype, so it just works out. Oh God, I got it. I don't. I don't want to have to tell you this. Um, I I had a meeting yesterday that involved one of the folks from who was at whatever the Life Med event was that you were at recently. Yeah. One of these people were there, and there was I was talking to them, and they were like, "Oh, you know, you know Jeremy," and I'm like, "Yeah, Jeremy and I are about the same age." And I swear to God, she said, 
Oh, really? I thought he was a lot older. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Do I get that so I'm much like, now? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. It's so frustrating because I got this, I got like this butt in my forehead. It's a, it's a line down uh, the middle of my forehead where I guess I've, I've scowled my whole life with a, what appears to be some sort of resting bitch face yeah. that's just gotten locked in. And then now I have this gray, yeah. my full-on gray beard. And yeah. I even talked about, like, should I, because I never wanted to dye it. But, like, I get, there are people, I go see my grandfather at the place he, he's at now. He's in an assisted living place. And they're all like, oh, is your sister coming up? And it's my mom. <laughs> oh, um, no. And, oh, no. And then I, I told the story about when we got our chimneys and fireplace done here. We went to gas instead of wood burning. And the guy thought I was my wife's dad. Oh, so God. He's like, is your dad going to come in and help you make the decision? And I'm like. Son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's rough. You just that live with it now. Uh, all right. Let's talk a little sports. Um, I, I, we were having a conversation earlier, Jeremy, and I, I talked about it on, on Reed and I show yesterday. I've used the term, I, and I tweeted it out this way on Friday night. I said, it's irresponsible to, but also difficult not to get carried away with what you believe these Orioles could do. And I think people mm-hmm. misread what I was saying. I was like, you saying they can make the playoffs? No, 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 no. They, they, they just don't have the pitching, the starting pitching. It's just not there. There's no way to crack through. There's too many good teams. I don't see that in the world. But I'm saying that if you had told me before the year, there could have been some scenario where on Labor Day, the Orioles play the Blue Jays. You wake up, they're five games out of a playoff spot. They're right around 500, and there's 27,000 people at a baseball game on Labor Day in Baltimore watching something that feels real, I would have told you you're insane. And mm-hmm. I, I can't say that today. Like, their trajectory, despite the starting pitching, and I get it, Tyler Wells, maybe Dean Kramer's turning into something. I don't know. Um, their trajectory since Adley Rutschman's arrival says that's not impossible to me. It's not nuts that we could wake up on a Saturday, on a September morning and look at the also in the hunt category in the American League, and the Orioles could still be within shouting distance. And that alone, not getting into the place, that alone to me is a major accomplishment and would be wildly exciting for this fan base. I, I think it should be. Uh, you know, Ultimately, I'll give you the one caveat, though, is that I think, um, I think at some point, well, before the trade do- deadline or on the deadline, uh, that we see multiple players get moved from this team. And, and I was talking about it this morning, like, you know, fans are going to get upset because there's a good chance that Mancini gets moved. Yeah. I think there's a good chance that Santander gets moved. I think, you know, there's other pieces on this team and maybe some bullpen arms that they could get something. But people are like, why would you do that when they're playing so well? Well, you have all these minor leaguers that are going to be on their way. I mean, uh, the reports with them having the number one overall pick, they might draft Drew Jones, who could be here if it's anything like Bobby Witt in a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got other guys that we still haven't seen Kearset enough, but you've got other guys in the minor league system that could be making their way up. So I do think it's fathomable that they move some of these pieces that they have and, and block the farm system again. Because I think they're, with all things, all things being considered, I think they're ahead of where they thought they'd be at this point of the season. And this team, they're playing really good baseball. So, so, so I have a, say what you want about them. We were talking about that too. Like I, I, cause I, I also unfortunately have made peace. I'm still, I still think it's the wrong thing with Mancini. Cause I, I think that's the type of thing that you worry about when you when you get there. And I've I've always said I'm more in favor of them trading Santander than trading Mancini, but mm-hmm. I, I get it. Like I understand. And I've made peace with that at some point. It's also part I just don't think you're gonna be able to get all that much in a Trey Mancini trade and 
you're, you're trading away a beloved figure for what I just don't think can be a significant. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you ever get fair value for one. I'm not. I don't. I just don't think you can get anything because everybody believes they have their own Trey Mancini in their system. You know what I mean? Like everybody mm-hmm. thinks they've got a positionless, you know, bat. Um, but but what you know, I get it. I've I've made peace with it, but I do think it becomes more uncomfortable. Again, they woke up yesterday five games out of a playoff spot. If we were to get to to July twenty fifth. And they were to be four games out. I, this gets all the more complicated. It was always going to be difficult to trade Trey Mancini. For you to be playing decent to good baseball and within, again, reasonable distance and to trade Trey Mancini, oh, I think it could, especially if you're not getting much back, I think it could get really ugly at that moment. I, I think well, that it's, there's awkward conversations that end up happening here. Yeah, but I, I think, too, with Mike Elias already going through this with Houston and understanding the plan that he has in place, that I think he sticks to his guns. I don't think he's a guy that's going to flinch and say, hey, right. we're in playoff contention. I, I think he trades the pieces away and says, look, we have to look at ourselves realistically and go, okay, we, we've had some success throughout the year, but in a five-game or a seven-game set, can we match up with anybody pitching-wise? And the answer is no. Um, you know, Maybe these guys surprise and, and all that, but I, I don't think they can. Um, but that being said, you know, look, it's fun. It's fun to talk about it. It's fun to be a part of this. And then you're still going to have situations where, you know, Bryce Harper, who was DHing already with the UCL tear, now right. with a fractured thumb, is out for the rest of the year. Maybe a team like that comes to call right. and then offers you a little bit more than what you thought. Um, I've always, like, I, I never wanted to see Trey Mancini get traded. I wanted him to be here for the good years, not just the bad years. And people always say, well, it'd be nice to see him go uh, to a team to have a chance to win. I'd like to see, this team is going to have a chance to win in the near future. I'd like to see him here and be a part of it. And, and, oh, by the way, I think he's the best first baseman you got on your roster. But um, that being said, you know, Mountcastle is going to be there, and that's why we have, you know, Mancini in the outfield. And on days that Mountcastle is going to DH or be off, he's playing first because they believe he's more of the part of the future. But it is fun seeing six guys at the top of your lineup that you really buy into as yep. an everyday hitter. And the, the Austin Hayes one is it's so funny. I was having a conversation about Austin Hayes last Friday and, like, Hey, do you view this as a guy who's on an insane heater or a guy who's really establishing himself as a Nick Markakis-esque centerpiece for years to come within a franchise? And I was still getting messages from people that were like, well, yeah, but if you can get a, a boatload for him at the deadline, you trade him. I'm like, my God, what, what, what is this? Con-? And by the way, Bordick said the same thing when we talked to him. Like, what is this conversation? Where are we? I think we should be at some point demanding – and I, I'm not, I'm not trying to go crazy about Austin Hayes because I don't know, I don't know the answer yet as to whether he's a guy playing the best three months of baseball of his life, or he's a guy that really is going to be this type of player for years to come, doing everything and is worthy of you giving real money to. But at some point, you've got to start announcing loudly, "Hey, you can invest in the guys that are here, and you can believe that this person is going to be a part of this thing for years to come, and you can go buy a jersey, and you can go." fall in love with this guy and not have to fear whether or not he's going to be gone in a year or two. Like, this team, I, I, I'm not saying they need to compete for a World Series, but these yeah. are the steps in this thing, is announcing, hey, this guy is part of our plans for well, and, a while. Yeah, and that, not that I want to give Rob credit for anything, but Rob was saying this before he got on his heater, that he thought Austin Hayes was the best player on the team, period. And again, the problem with him in years past and why we haven't seen consistency out of him is just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Yeah. You know, so now he's staying healthy and we're seeing him put up numbers. And, um, you know, he he does kind of, he crosses off all those boxes when you're looking at where you can bat him in the lineup, power, speed, great arm in the outfield. 
Um, I, I think there's a lot of things to like about him. Can he hit for average? I mean, that's something that time will tell. But, again, if he's hitting bombs and he's batting you 275 or whatever, I think you'll take that. A hundred percent. Yeah, and if you get the, the, the range that he has in that arm. Like, mm-hmm. my, if, if, if four out of five ain't bad, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, give me that. Give me all of that. That's – I. I think that they've got to be willing. It it would be if the, I, trading Austin Hayes to me would be like the I, set burn the whole thing down. Like what what is the? Are you just gonna be the Marlins? Like are you just gonna be the team that's never gonna allow it to play out? That it's you're always just gonna move on. I can't and I don't believe. I don't believe for a second. And, it's, that's and that's the craziest part of all this. We haven't seen our best pitching prospects yet. Correct. So, correct. You know. Correct. And and again, I, I was talking about so like Dylan Cease when you if you watched him yesterday and all the K's he had. Uh, he reminds me so much of Lucas Giolito, except for the fact that the White Sox didn't give up on him. Right, right. If you watched him the past three years, I'd say last year he really started to turn it on in the second half of the season. And Giolito, the Nats were like, oh, yeah, we'll take Adam Eaton for him, which it worked out for them. They won. But, you know, they gave up a prize arm. And even when you were watching with the White Sox early on, you're going, man, he hits a lot of bats. Sure, he strikes out, guys. He's walking so many. And then all of a sudden, one day it clicks. And that's what you're kind of hoping you see. Maybe that's a, I don't want to say it's the same thing with Dean Kramer we, when we watch him in a couple of starts, but, you know, you'd like to see that with one of your pitchers where, you, like, for years they said Jake Arrieta had the best stuff on the team, and we're going, really? Does he really have the, oh, yeah. they trade him to Chicago, he just won a Cy Young. Yeah, you yeah. know, or even Gosman. I mean, look at him. He's in the Cy Young voting right now and uh, up near the top and, and one of the best pitchers in the American League. So, uh, yeah, you'd love to see it click with some of these guys on this on this team. All right, uh, all right. So, so your is the plan to be on this week? Is that the plan? Yeah. All right. You got as long as all goes well today. If they I was going to say, hey, we got to yeah, do this yeah, tomorrow. Right, I'm like, right. hey, all right, I'm out. So, That's so it. what's coming up on the show this week? So it's supposed to be all three of us finally. Today was the first day we were all in studio together in over three weeks. Uh, kind of odd how things. You guys remember? Out, like, you guys remember who each other were? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you know, we're just making fun of each other left and right, but um, you know it's uh, it's going to be more of that. We'll obviously be talking about the Orioles. One of my favorite things is the Orioles are on a West Coast trip, and <laughs> Rob's got to do pre and post. Oh, uh, God. are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing. How do they now. not work around that with the schedule, man? <laughs> like, they tried to, but I think they ran into a little bit of a hiccup. And uh, they needed him, so right. he said he'd do it because he's a trooper. Jesus Christ! Get like an hour nap <laughs> and go right back to work. God, yeah. Man. That is brutal. I'm praying for an extra inning game. Oh, my. Could, Rob could you, could you imagine that? what was the 5 a.m. game in Seattle all those years ago? Oh. Could you imagine him literally racing over? What, what is he? He does that from the stadium, right? So he's got to race yep. over from the yeah. stadium to the studio. Oh. It's brutal. I, I come to the studio and then take a nap in there. I was going to ask you before you, you, you let yeah. me go. Have you, watched the, have you been watching the boys this season? Oh, my God. Oh, my. You know what's really funny? I had this conversation with somebody on Friday. So... I think they kind of oversold like the um, the the hero gasm stuff and it being like the it basically you'd be watching pornography. I think they oversold that a little bit, and yet the episode was somehow better than my expectations were. Yeah, that was, was one of the best episodes of any television show I've ever seen in my life. Well, it, like each part when I didn't think it could get better over you know like the writing of it, uh, a line drawn in the sand between what quote unquote good guys. What are the bad guys going to do? Blah, 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 yep. blah. Fight at the end was like oh. really cool. But all the stuff in the middle, I was dying laughing. It is third grade humor at its best. And I could not stop laughing the, at everything the, that was going the on. The boys has the ability, like Letter Kenny, 
to take lowbrow and highbrow and walk them right together. So you yep. almost don't know the difference, right? Like, it is a really intelligent show that suddenly has a giant penis thrown at you. You know what I mean? Like, it's... It's it's incredible. me up. It's incredible <laughs> television. I, I it really was. I, it was so good that I said to a buddy of mine afterwards, I was like, that was the that had to be the the season finale, right? He's like, Mm-mm. no, dude, it was just the sixth episode. I'm like, how in the world was that just an average episode of any television show? That is better than any season finale I've ever seen, and we still get more. <laughs> I honestly think that what I've seen from the boys, and uh, I don't—I think we're further than a half, but over three and a half, or it would be two and a half seasons, I guess. Um, what we've seen from them now, midway through or past that season three, is some of the best writing and most compelling television I've watched. Even though I understand what it is, I just—I love it. And oh. whether it's making you laugh, whether you get in, like you're, you're falling in love with some of the characters the writing, and just the idea of, and I don't want to ruin for anybody that hasn't seen it, it's just so well done of the fact of, do superheroes really have to be good all the time? Or is there something inherently in them where they can be bad, you know, just like us, like there are other people. It's just, I I just think it's incredible. Well, and it's, and it's a a parody on American culture. It's, oh God, it's such a good show. That's the other thing in this last episode too. Yeah. 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 (laughs) All right. Um, At Jeremy Con 105 said, we literally, we should do Oh man, we should pick a show and do a podcast about it. You and I, like we, whatever you want, I win. I like literally commit to the bit where we talk about. It's, I got too much going on. All right, we'll think about it. We'll think about how we do that. Uh, at Jeremy Con one zero five seven, love you, buddy. Appreciate you. Thanks, man. I'll see you, Jeremy Con. Uh, picks every day. I didn't even mention that. Picks every day. Pressboxonline.com as he's trying to win you some money um, uh, as we go on. All right, let's uh, let's wind down for today's show. Tidbit brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox, which is available right now. It's our Salute to Coaches issue. John Harbaugh on the cover celebrating 15 years as a head coach in the NFL, which is remarkable. Also inside coaches who are approaching or who have surpassed milestones of late, like Navy's Ken Niamatololo, Missy Maharg, Sasha Swarovski from Maryland, Pete Garingi from UMBC, Kendall Peace from Poly, as well as Pat Clatchy from Mount St. Joe, and some uh, recently retired uh, coaches like Janine Tucker from Johns Hopkins and Lou Eckerl from Calvert Hall. Entire edition is available online at uh, PressBoxOnline.com, but it's a really special issue and one that I think would look really nice on your coffee table when folks are coming over this summer. So I would go pick it up for free, your neighborhood Royal Farms, hundreds of locations where you find PressBox around town. What you got, Griffin? All right. Need more of you. All right, so... Yankees, uh, you mentioned earlier, they're held hitless for 16 consecutive innings. Uh, this is actually just part of it. This isn't the full tidbit. Uh, but on Saturday and Sunday, and that was the longest streak since the the last two teams th- to have that happen to them, mm-hmm. 1973 Athletics okay, and the 1981 Dodgers. Oh. Do you know how their seasons ended? The, the World Series? Yes. Yeah. They both won the World Series. I don't like that because that means the Yankees <laughs> are, damn it. Don't care for that whatsoever. That's yes. a really weird. That's it is. just very. What a what a weird anomaly. Kevin Brown and Jim Palmer threw it out yesterday during the uh, How about broadcast. That? How about that? Uh, I was, so I I was doing to, a show. I wasn't yeah, going to pay for so it. So I wanted to mention it because that uh, kind of sucks. You didn't you didn't, <laughs> fi- you didn't find that uh, Seattle thing, did you? No. What? Oh, son of a bitch. No. I, I mean, what the hell? I'll, I'll, I'll work on it uh, today. Well, I mean, it's not going to matter if they don't throw a no hitter tonight. I, I'm confident Tyler Wilson. Oh, you're, you're confident. <laughs> okay. Sure. All right. So Paulo. Paulo Bancaro became the fifth Duke player to be drafted number one overall. This, I, this isn't the full put. I mean, it's going to be Maryland basketball related. Oh, okay. Um, uh, so he became the fifth. Do you know who the other four are? 
Could you name anything? The other four that went number one. I feel like uh, Elton I was just gonna Brand give went number one yes, overall. Yes, he did. Elton Brand in 1999. Went number one overall. Um, oh, uh, Kyrie, right? Yep, yeah, Kyrie did Kyrie as well. Went number one overall. And then, and, and then just two years, three years ago. Just two, three years ago. Oh, God. It, you know, the oh pol- Zion, yeah, yeah, yeah of Zion. course Zion, and then yeah. uh, Art Heyman in 1963, oh, 1963 oh, player yeah, of the year, right? Everybody knows that. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the only number one overall pick in Maryland basketball history, yes, Joe yeah. Smith in 1995. He was drafted by the Warriors. So since 1995, can you name the other eight first rounders, other eight Maryland basketball players to go in the first round? First round since 1995. Since 1995, there have been eight. Uh, Juan Dixon went in the first round. He did. Juan Dixon did. Chris Wilcox, of course, yes, went he did. in the first round. Um, uh, Jalen Smith, of course. Yes, he did. Stick Smith. Kevin Herter. Herter did it as well. Um, Gravis snuck in at the end of the first he round, did. didn't yep. he? Vasquez, Gravis, Vasquez. 28th the, overall The Nets. Or the Pelicans. Or who was, the, yeah, the it was Grizzlies. the Pelicans. It's the Grizzlies, and then they traded. All right, it's hard for me to it's he might have been traded. He he was a grizzly at the end of the day, though. <laughs> at the end of the okay. first night. Okay. All right. Maybe maybe I do remember that now. Um, first round. First round. Oh, Alex Len, of yep. course. Yep. Alex Len, fifth overall. Alex Len. Uh, who am I forgetting? Who am I forgetting? Oh God! It was before. Oh, Stevie Franchise. Stevie yes. Francis. Yes. Stevie Francis. And I'm. It's not. It's one that was. Older, right? It's not something yeah, that was yeah. recent. It was, yes, it was much longer. He was he was the next first round pick after Joe Smith. Next first round pick after Joe Smith. So it was the late nineties. It is a tough one. Oh God. Know. Oh, um, Keith Booth. Yep. Keith Booth Keith went Booth. to Chicago. Went to Chicago at the end of the first round. Correct. Yeah, Correct. Damn well done. Damn it. Damn it! Well, well they had just won the they had just won the title. Mm. Um, they had the last pick of the first round. And they took Keith Booth, and they won one more title with Keith Booth the following year, and that's why he got to be part of uh, the Last Dance, <laughs> the uh, documentary. Dunbar, Damn. Dunbar High. Damn it! I was I almost didn't go eight for eight, and that would have been a bad one for me to miss. <laughs> I'm telling you, that one would have been job. A, Good that job. one would have been a tough one. All right, Tubular is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel where you should be on Saturday night for UFC 276 and every major event coming up in the next few weeks. It is the spot. Bet on all the action on their 61 self-service kiosk. I was telling you earlier, if you're like me and you want to bet Wimbledon, and you say to yourself, well, that doesn't work. The matches start at 6 a.m. and FanDuel Sportsbook's not open then. You're right. But they've fixed the problem for you. Because what you can do is you can go to those 61 self-service kiosks because they're open 24-7. So you want to go early? You want to get in? You want to hang out? Maybe play some poker? Put the match up on your phone? Something like that? You can do that and bet on the 61 self-service kiosks. And so um, not this coming weekend, but the following weekend when we get to the uh, Wimbledon finals, you'll be able to do that. Uh, The FanDuel Sportsbook Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise. Of course, I mentioned Wimbledon's underway. Earlier today, Maryland's own Francis Tiafoe, a straight-sets winner in the first round. 
Tonight, Mass and Two, Orioles, Mariners, 10 o'clock, Tyler Wells and George Kirby. If you happen to live in the Chicago or L.A. markets, and I know we just slaughter in those communities, uh, you can also watch it on MLB Network. Mass and for Pirates Nationals at 7, MLB Network, Red Sox, Blue Jays at 7, White Sox, Angels at 10, NBA TV, Las Vegas Aces, L.A. Sparks at 10.30, and uh, that's it. It's just not much better. Yeah, American Ninja Warrior at eight. If you want to watch that, leading up to the leading up to the Oriole game, people do like it. I know you're going to be sad about this one, Glenn. But your favorite trivia game show, hosted by Jane Lynch, that's coming to an end. Weakest Link season finale tonight. So sorry, I did not. I did not know any of that was a thing. (laughs) Uh, And then James Corden is doing a show from London this week for some reason. Joe Biden's going to be on the night. I guess he's in Europe for the whatever that group of G7 or whatever. But yeah, none of that. Whatever. I'm not. That is the highlight. Cool. <laughs> cool. All right. Thanks to uh, Jeremy Kahn. Thanks also to David Hess. We'll get those Oh, actually, things. Rich and Shameless, uh, they're doing a Wu-Tang thing. On oh, that's TNT, the, TV, or the TNT, TNT thing. Yeah. Yeah. I've been meaning, because they did one on, because uh, this one's Wu-Tang versus Martin Shkreli, right? Yeah, the ph- Pharma Bro versus I would, I would probably watch that. I meant to watch the one on the Girls Gone Wild guy. Although, I, like, I always felt... Like, all of the promotions were like, you're not going to believe this. Yeah. The Girls Gone Wild guy was a bad guy. No! <laughs> No. Him? They also did one about uh, former Ma- the death of former Maryland basketball player uh, Bison Daly. Um, and I, I just, I meant, I, it's one of those shows that I'm like, I would look at that. And then I just, and then you just I didn't don't. set my DVR. Yeah. And, you know, like, I, it just, it just didn't happen. Like, it was just not meant to be a thing. That's the reality of it. Um, but I, I would, I would look at some of those. I would do that. All right, thanks to uh, Jeremy Kahn. Thanks also to David Hess. Great great chat with him, the former Oriole uh, overcoming cancer. We'll get that up in the greatest hits section of the <coughs> tab at glennclarkradio.com. I believe uh, Darius Victor is going to join us tomorrow, the former Towson running back who was the player of the year in the USFL. Uh, I was to understand his team lost on Saturday. They did mm. not make the final, which is coming up this week. Um, but it was a great opportunity for him to remind people of just what he's capable of doing and who knows? Maybe could get him uh, an invite back to an NFL training camp yeah. after a, a, an insane. He had an insane season in the USFL. So we'll chat with him about Ravens that. Ravens could always take more running backs. They've only got about five. Yeah. They could, and we saw last year they could always use more. All right. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including. Royal Farms, Glory Days Grill, the Charm City Match, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook, Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Thanks to Ryan at Rexpex Ryan. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend, or not weekend, Jesus Christ. Not quite, not quite. Have a great Monday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.